Well, a few weeks ago, we started a new sermon series called Praying the Psalms. And uh, throughout this series, we've been drawing off of the work of uh, biblical scholar Walter, Brugge- Walter Brueggemann, uh, who says that with a sweeping generalization, all of the psalms find themselves in one of three categories. Uh, psalms of orientation, psalms of disorientation, and psalms of new orientation. And he goes on to say essentially that like the beauty of the psalms is that they don't exist in some sort of like abstract place, but they, they speak of our own journey on this pattern of orientation to disorientation and to new orientation. And so that these psalms in many ways like speak of the, the situations and the experiences that we find in our life. Um, so we've looked at psalms of orientation, we looked at psalms of disorientation, and uh, last week I opened the floor for anybody to uh, share an experience of praying uh, Psalm 1. And we didn't hear from anybody, that's fine, um, but we'll try it again um, because it's more fun if you join in, right? Uh, so if you uh, prayed Psalm 13 this past week and um, something really resonated, something stood out, um, there was some sort of meaningful experience with that. Um, we'll just have some space now, and you can unmute yourself and share if you'd like. All right. Well, uh, today, then, we are heading into uh, the final week of this series, um, Psalms of New Orientation. So as we get ready to jump into that, uh, let's pause for a word of prayer. Loving God, um, we're grateful for this chance to, to be together. Uh, thank you for the gift of technology and um, that um, we, can, we can be together, that we can see one another's faces, that we can hear one another's voices, and um, during this strange season, be encouraged by one another. We give you thanks for that gift. And God, we give you thanks for the great mystery that your spirit meets us and unites us and, and connects us. Um, And so, God, we acknowledge that as we turn to the scriptures now, and we ask that your spirit would be moving among us, that your spirit would be leading us and guiding us and shaping us and forming us into the image of Jesus throughout this time. We pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I've had glasses for about 10 years now, um, although I have been wearing my contacts a lot more during the pandemic because, well, contact lenses don't tend to fog up quite as easily. Um, But regardless, I've had uh, glasses for about 10 years now. And uh, early on, I picked up a pattern, for whatever reason, of getting new glasses about every two years. And sure enough, every two years when I get a new pair of glasses, I put them on and I immediately question uh, the expertise of my eye doctor and assume that he's given me the wrong prescription. Because what emerges as I put on new glasses is just a very, very blurry world, right? Everything that I took for granted, like I now have to like... uh, question and actually like make sure that things are where they are right everything that should feel or should be really close feels really far away and everything that should be really close feels or everything that feels really far away should should be really far away feels really close and I take my life into my own hands when I try and walk up and down stairs right everything seems really blurry everything seems off kilter and I find myself with new glasses in the season of disorientation now if uh, I give it the time that it needs, eventually I begin to emerge on the other side of this disorientation. And surprise, surprise, my doctor is actually right. (laughs) 
And what emerges on the other side is a new way of seeing. And this new way of seeing actually tends to be a better way of seeing. This new way of seeing actually tends to be like a more true way of seeing. And what emerges on the other side of disorientation, if I don't give up on it, right, and return to my old glasses, emerges a new orientation, a new way of seeing, a new way of being that's better, more true, and a new way of moving forward in my life. Now, I think this uh, pattern with my glasses highlights this, this rhythm that we see within our life and within our faith, this moving from orientation to disorientation to new orientation. There's moments in our life where we find ourselves in orientation, like with an old pair of glasses, where we, we come where we discover this accustomed way of seeing and being, where things feel right, where things have their proper place, where, where things just make sense. But then something steps in and disrupts that accustomed way of being. And the things that we took for granted, now we have to like think about and process and ask questions. And we're not always sure the best way forward in that. But if we're able to like journey through that disorientation and stick with it, on the other side, what emerges is a new way of seeing, a new way of being, a new way of understanding, a new way of perceiving, a new way forward in light of all of that. And so that's what uh, I want us to look at this morning, uh, is this state of new orientation and these psalms of new orientation. And so uh, we're going to be using Psalm 30 as our example of a, a psalm of new orientation. So Psalm 30, one more time here. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help, and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought me up, you brought my brought up my soul from Sheol, restored me to life among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. By your favor, O Lord, you had established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face. I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it tell of your faithfulness? Hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me. O Lord, be my helper. You have turned my mourning into dancing. You have taken off my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. Now, Psalm 30 is a a really good example of a psalm of orientation because within this, we see this pattern of like a before and after. We see this, this language uh, telling of a story of before and telling a story of after. We see this language of, I cried for help and you healed me. We see phrases like, you restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. We see the contrast of weeping that may linger for the night, but joy that comes in the morning. We see the opposites of mourning that's been turned into dancing. We see the, the imagery of a sackcloth, which was a, a, a sign of uh, grief and mourning. And we see that being turned into a cloth of joy. These psalms have this pattern of this before and after, and they tell us of a story. Uh, Walter Brueggemann says that these psalms tell us of a story of going into the trouble and then tell of the story of coming out of the trouble. These stories tell us of this moment where the psalmist experienced some sort of pain and suffering and injustice. 
but this pain and suffering and injustice is in the past. But now the psalmist is experiencing some sort of like healing and wholeness and justice. These psalms tell of a, a story of the disorientation of the past, but of a new orientation that emerges in the future. These psalms tell the story of moving from please to praise. And in between this disorientation and this new orientation, between the, the pain and suffering and injustice of the past and of the, the healing and wholeness of justice in the present, lies a very crucial and integral uh, component in the story. And that thing that lies in between disorientation and new orientation is the intervention of God. What these psalms tell us, rather like explicitly or implicitly, tells of a God who steps in and intervenes in the midst of this disorientation, who does something about this pain and suffering and injustice to bring about healing and wholeness and justice. It's a God who steps in and deals with the disorienting uh, seasons of life to bring about a new orientation on the other side. Now this points to one of the major themes that we see throughout these psalms of new orientation. And this theme deals with the type of God that we're talking about. Because these psalms, as they talk about God, don't talk about some sort of far-off, abstract concept of some sort of divine being up in the sky. But they talk of a very specific God who is up close, who is near, who is personal. They speak of a God who is a God of deliverance. And these psalms begin to speak of a God who steps into the disorientation to bring about some sort of deliverance to bring about some sort of salvation, to bring about some sort of liberation. And so in the midst of our pain and suffering and injustice, God steps in and acts as a deliverer. In the midst of our pain and suffering and injustice, God steps in as a savior. In the midst of our pain and suffering and injustice, God steps in as a liberator. And as we're being delivered, saved, and liberated, what emerges on the other side is the healing and wholeness and justice that we have been longing for and crying out for. And what emerges on the other side is a new orientation. Now, the Psalms present these, uh, this new orientation not as something that like we just try really hard for. It presents this new orientation not as something like we just grin and bear the disorientation and hopefully something happens, but it presents this new orientation, this healing, this wholeness, this justice from God as a profound act of grace from God. It's a gift of God, this new orientation, this new way of seeing and being and understanding and perceiving is a gift from the hand of God to us. Now, as we talk about new orientation, um, it's important to note that it's exactly that. It's, it's a new orientation. When we talk about new orientation, we're not talking about like going back to a previous orientation or going to an old orientation. But instead, when we find ourselves in this state of disorientation, that we, we journey through it, that we declare it, that we don't deny it, but that we journey through it with God's help so that we can emerge on the other side in a new orientation. Because here's what happens if we enter into disorientation and just long for the old status quo, the old ways of being. We experience some sort of pain, suffering, and injustice that brings us into disorientation. But then as we slip back to the status quo, we're vulnerable and open to the same sort of pain and suffering and injustice that brought us to the disorientation in the first place. And what happens is this vicious cycle of slipping into pain, suffering, and injustice just to go back to the status quo, just to experience that same sort of pain and suffering and injustice. But maybe we would do ourselves a favor if in the midst of this disorientation, 
we saw this disorientation as a death of the old orientation. And that we allowed this old way of seeing and being and understanding and perceiving to pass away. And while that's a painful, difficult, messy, complex sort of place to be in life, what emerges on the other side is a new orientation, which comes with all sorts of newness and speaks of a resurrection of sorts. And see, this is precisely what I think that these psalms of new orientation can teach us. And that is that new orientation leads to new life. Again, it's not that like new orientation is a, a, a returning back to the way that things were, but that a new orientation is a, a new way of being, a new way of seeing, a new way of, of understanding and perceiving. It's like when I put on a new pair of glasses, right? I'm not resulting back to my old prescription, but instead I'm, it's a new way of, of seeing and being in this world. A new orientation leads to a new life. Um, and now here's the part that I like have no idea how it works. Like it, it, it feels as though it's like some sort of uh, mystery of the universe, if you will. And that is that it often takes like journeying through this disorientation to recognize like our profound need and longing for a new orientation. That it often takes like the things of life being upset and disrupted and turned upside down for us to recognize that we need some sort of new life in our life and in the world around us. So as I think back to my life, uh, one of the places where I saw this uh, was my freshman year of college. So I was um, about a year and a half removed from the death of my mom and just over three years uh, from the death of my dad. And as I'm like trying to process through what it what it means to have lost my parents what it means to be like an orphan um on top of that like now i'm in college and trying to process through what it means to like be on my own in the midst of all of that and i find myself in this profound disorientation and recognizing that like my faith didn't didn't have the capacity to to guide me through this journey um, but early on that freshman year in one of my classes and i couldn't tell you what we were talking about or why we were there, but we read through the first chapter of James. And we got to the last verse of that first chapter and we read, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. And this verse jumped off the page like I had never read it before. Because in that moment, I saw of a, of a faith that was bigger than just me, myself, and God. And I saw of, of a faith that like invited me to care for other people like me who experienced profound loss and disorientation. And I saw of a faith that cares for those who often slip through the fabric and find themselves on the margins. And I found a faith here that was big enough to like reach out to those who society often wants to forget about and bring them into the center and care for them and love them and be a new sort of family for them. See, I didn't know that my faith lacked the capacity um, to move forward until I experienced that disorientation, but it took the loss of my parents. It took like trying to figure out who I was in this new place for me to be open to this new orientation and this new life that would come with this new understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. I would assume that for many of us, we've had similar experiences 
Um, maybe it's coming face to face with the, the shadow side of life. You know, the, these things that like kind of hang out in the background, the things that like maybe we know they're there, but like we just kind of pr- pretend like they're not there. <laughs> maybe it's some sort of like selfishness or insecurity. But then we have some sort of moment where they emerge from the background and like we're confronting them face to face and we have this ugly reality of acknowledging that these things have shaped all of our decisions and shaped our interactions and our relationships with others. And it's in this moment that we begin to realize like we need a new way of seeing and being and understanding and perceiving in the world. We need some sort of profound healing and wholeness and justice in our life so that we can emerge from this disorientation and experience something like a new life where these things don't have control and power over us anymore. I think collectively uh, we're experiencing that right now with the pandemic and our understanding of community, right? Um, I'll speak for myself. Uh, Prior to the pandemic, it was really easy for me to turn down like hanging out with somebody and instead just, you know, Spend the evening with me and Netflix, right? Um, But as I find myself with that being like one of the only options right now, (laughs) I'm recognizing like I need a new orientation when it comes to the community and the people in my life and the role that they play. And I'm hoping that um, as we journey through this disorientation and head into a new orientation, like I and I would assume many of us would have a profound new orientation of the role of community in our life. And that maybe some of the the superficial things like not wanting to have somebody over because our house isn't quite perfect would pass away. And that um, maybe some of the things like barriers that stand between me and opening up to somebody would pass away. And I would actually be vulnerable and open to like some sort of like intimacy with me and another person. See, I think this new orientation leads to a new life. And while it often takes this, this disruption of disorientation, like, I don't think God causes that. I don't think God brings about the pain and suffering and injustice in our life. But I think when we find ourselves in the disorientation, God does what God does best. And God steps into that. And God brings about redemption and restoration and healing and wholeness and justice, even in the pain and suffering and injustice of our life. And what emerges on the other side is a new way of seeing and being and understanding and perceiving an entirely sort of new approach to life for us. Um, Now, here's what I think uh, these Psalms of New Orientation have to offer for us as we think about praying them. Uh, I think praying these Psalms of New Life um, prepare us, or these Psalms of New Orientation prepare us for new life. I think as we enter into um, these psalms, as we begin to pray this pattern of before and after, as we pray this, this pattern of death to life, as we pray this pattern of disorientation to new orientation, I think what it's doing is stretching and exercising our new life muscles. <laughs> so what happens is over time as we submit ourselves to these psalms, as we, we sit with these psalms, as we wrestle with these psalms and pray through these psalms, what begins to happen is that we begin to actually like long for new life, new life in our world, in our life and in the world around us. And we begin to like look for new life in our life and the world around us. And then maybe we begin to actually act for new life in our life and the world around us. And then maybe we're more open to begin to experience new life in our life and the world around us. Actually, I think these psalms do more than just like uh, prepare us for new life. 
I think there's, there's something deep and profound and divine that happens. And I think that we begin to actively be shaped and formed into resurrection people as we pray these prayers. And what, what's happening is that we're being prepared to join in on the work of the risen Christ who brings about life into the, in the places where death only seemed to be possible before. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems like we're in a, a particular time and place where like we are longing for new life and resurrection. And so uh, as we've done throughout this series, uh, I'd invite you this week to spend some time each day with Psalm 30. Uh, to read through it, to pray through it, to meditate on it, maybe like memorize parts of it. And as we do this, like open up our souls to like what these words want to do, uh, what God's spirit wants to do in us. And as we open ourselves up and submit ourselves to this psalm, um, may we trust that like we're being prepared for new life. And may we trust that somehow, some way, we're being shaped and formed into resurrection people who can join in on Christ, who is bringing about the renewal of all things. Let's pray. Loving God, we're grateful that you are a God of new life, that you are a God of resurrection. And that as you deliver us and save us and liberate us, that you're bringing us into resurrection, bringing us into new life, bringing us into new orientation, bringing us into new ways of seeing and being and understanding and perceiving. And God, wherever we may find ourselves um, this morning, I pray that we would be open to your spirit and whatever your spirit might be wanting to do in us. And that we would be open to that new life, that new orientation um, that you might be uh, extending to us as an act, a gift of grace. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.